Hello guys, you're so welcome here today to this podcast, which deals with all things in relation to narcissistic abuse, understanding it and surviving it and actually going on to thrive. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hi guys, welcome back to another video from Narcon. And before I start today, I would like to tell you that I really appreciate you being here from the start and for new people that have joined and the contributions the emails, the communications I get, the people I'm coaching. Just thank you very much for being there because you've certainly given me a purpose and it's a great way to, to move on after narcissistic abuse, to find your passion, to find what you're, you feel you're good at or you know you find something you want to contribute to. So further on, I'm going to do a good more series on, on healing because it's so important to find what your purpose is in life. And that's what I wanted to say just to start off, that I really appreciate you giving me this opportunity to be able to contribute. So thank you. Guys, today I'd like to talk about something that that I think we all grapple with, particularly after um, we come out of a relationship, an intimate relationship with a narcissist, as to if we did something different or, you know, if the narcissist comes back to Hoover and they say that they're going to work on, on the relationship and that they want you to as well and all this kind of thing that is very hard to resist sometimes because, you know, you probably come from a position where you feel if you do work at something that it might work out. So I'd like to just let's talk about it. Let's talk about it and see what we can come up with. So given this a lot of thought, if we go back to the very basics of the narcissistic personality disorder or someone that is, has a high narcissistic style of operating in the world, this individual would have started life very dependent on a caregiver. And this dependency may have been highly toxic but at the same time, they weren't able or allowed or didn't strive to individuate from that particular caregiver. So their way of coping with life and being in the world, narcissists, is the ultimate codependent um, personality type. So this is this is also something I was thinking about just as an aside. You know, often when we're finished a relationship with a narcissist or we come out of it and there's a lot said about codependency. And, you know, sometimes people say, well, if you were codependent, maybe you were drawn into the relationship with the narcissist. This isn't necessarily the case. You can be a very individuated person, but get tricked into a relationship with a narcissist because they appear highly credible initially, and I'm going to go into that now. So the narcissists are the codependents 
they're the codependent sector of the community. Now, empathic people, normal people and other people can be codependent after they come out of a toxic family situation, but not always. Codependency on the other and the part of the other person that clamps together with the narcissist is not always the reason that a person is drawn to a narcissist. So just to clear that up. Okay, so they haven't individuated. So narcissists can't self-regulate their emotions. They need to get that regulation from the outside world because they never came apart from that caregiver. They were always codependent on them for their validation, for their self-esteem, for that person to reflect back how they were in the world. So when they're, you know, maturing and going on to other relationships, they will have that same attachment style with boyfriends, girlfriends, friends, with everybody. They've passed the stage of that developmental stage and they have developed this narcissistic personality disorder, which is a codependent, highly dependent disorder. It's totally dependent on other people for its validation. Um, for the person's emotional regulation, for their feeling of being who they are. I mean, if they were left on an island without anybody else, with nobody else to reflect upon them, they would either have to go through a huge change or growth phase. I mean, that would be a, an interesting experiment. Um, or they would just disintegrate. They would have no idea who they actually were. So taking it from this standpoint from this understanding of narcissism and the total dependence on other people for for their ego functions for their functioning in society this is the way they have um this is the way they get their needs met they get their needs met by feeding off other people so when they meet you initially they need to to catch somebody who's going to be the best person for them to get their needs fulfilled. And without a shadow of a doubt, the empath is the best person to fulfill their needs emotionally and in every other way. So the narcissists actually go specifically hunting. It's like it's like different types of fishermen, for example. Some fishermen and fisherwomen will go and fish in the sea because there's a certain type of fish they want to catch there. That's their preference. Others will go inland and fish in rivers and use different methods of fishing there because the fish they want to catch are found in rivers. The narcissist is specifically, sorry, getting my S's mixed up, specifically honed um, on catching, just moving this ring light. I'm afraid the ring light's going to fall right down on top of me. Um, it kind of keeps coming nearer to me and nearer and I have to move back. Sorry, guys. The narcissist specifically um, will pick their fishing rod, their fishing hooks, and will go and fish in the pond that they want to get their catch from, being the empath pond, if at all possible. So they'll meet you and they will be very, very honed on catching you. 
and hooking you hook, line and sinker. So what do empathic people or normal people want from a partner, from an intimate partner? I'm guessing, tell me if you want something different, but we want someone who is, I suppose, similar to us, who's able to love, to to give, to receive. I guess we kind of want someone our, our equal. Well, the narcissist knows this and they mirror us. They do all the things that we know that they do to make us feel like they are our soulmates. And your soulmate is, is your ultimate equal. If they're on the level with you in so many different ways, there couldn't be in your mind a more equal relationship. And I mean, I guess that is the, the ultimate that most of us would want in a, in a partner. We would want that level of equality so that there's, there's no big power games going on. There's no disparity in, there's no disparity in our values or our perceptions so that we can have a peaceful, loving, uh, productive, exciting, creative existence with someone who we feel we're matched with, someone who we feel is our equal in so many ways. Someone we have a, an understanding with, we can be empathic with, we can relate to. Um, we can just have a, a, a good, wonderful life with. What more could a person ask from an intimate relationship with another person? And this is what the narcissist presents to us. They go out of their way to present and to convince you you have met the one, that they are your ideal partner and that you needn't bother looking anywhere else, that you couldn't find anybody that's more compatible with you, that's more equal with you, that's more future-based with you. They want to go forward. You share plans. You're excited. You think that you're on the same wavelength, the same path. You believe you have the same value system, the same interests, and you go very much attached to who you think is your your partner, your lifetime partner. Nothing could be further from the truth because the narcissist can't be equal to anybody. They believe that they are entitled that they are omnipotent, that they are godlike, that they are above and superior to other people. And this goes for their partners, particularly their partners. But they will con you into this, into getting you hooked. And once they have you on the line, Tell me, guys, if this is not the way your relationship with a narcissist went down. But once you were fully embedded with them, you began to do more of the work in the relationship. You began to serve their needs more. Whereas before you might have cooked together and, you know, they did an equal amount of the, the chores, the work, the income bringing in, the looking after of children or planning or gardening or whatever you want to say, the task basis was more equal. 
gradually that changes. Gradually you are serving the narcissist needs more because the narcissist hasn't individuated. They, ha they have clamped onto you. They're locked into you and you begin to gradually and subtly become their understudy, their servant, their parent. They transfer, there's a transference of that initial relationship with their caregiver. Once they're hooked and attached to you, they rise up as this child that needs to be looked after, that needs to be spoiled, that needs to be revered, that needs to be held unaccountable, that does not have adult responsibilities. And the more they rise up as this child on a pedestal, the more you need to take the subservient parent role. But it's a subservient parent role. It's an adoring role. You have to adore and serve this particular narcissist. Now, when you get to the stage that you're a bit fed up with this, that you begin to feel fatigued, um, disillusioned, questioning, in relation to how the relationship has changed from this equal position that start, it started off as to this servile role that you're in. You begin to look for it to go back up to the equal setting that you perceived as existing. This was a mock stage, a con stage. It was the starting stage of the embedding of the attachment, but it doesn't go back up to that because that never existed. That was an illusion to lure you in and to be the snapshot that you would always see in the relationship as thinking that that was the relationship you were in. But in reality, on a day to day basis, it was far from the starting snapshot that the narcissist programmed into your head as being the relationship that you were going to have. And then you start to to try to get some of your needs met, to look for some equality, to look for some fairness, to question the narcissist, to wonder why you are feeling so exhausted, so worn down, so disillusioned about where you're at quite quickly in the relationship. And it's at that stage that nar the narcissist, when you're not meeting those needs, will try and correct you and check you and withdraw from you and do a push pull and a discard. And if they can't get you back to the level of servitude that you were functioning in and adoration of them, they will then take on a more parental role. But the parental role they take on is more scolding, is more intermittently rageful, is more telling you off for the fact that you're not who you think you are, you uh, fail in so many ways, you need to pull yourself together, you're jealous, you're, you feel sorry for yourself, you're controlling, you're lazy. Any amount of these delicious compliments will come your way when the narcissist decides that they're going to be the parent and it's possibly the parent, maybe the other parent or someone in their early childhood who gave them the put downs, 
who, when they didn't comply to what that particular individual wanted, that individual abused them. The narcissist is raising their level of superiority, standing on top of you in order to increase or even establish their level of self-esteem. Because your demise is their rise. So at this stage, if you're not fully functioning for them as you promised to be in the beginning of the relationship in their minds, they feel completely justified in taking on a parental role and trying to put you on the right road to set you right, to tell you where you're going wrong. If you're not prepared to take this on board, and even if you are prepared to take this on board, they're looking for someone who will fulfill your role as a replacement, a better, a better, someone more equal to them. Because remember, a lot of the time, this is narcissism. This is a defense mechanism. So if anything goes wrong, they jump up into a superior role. They always feel superior, but in particular, if they want to feel even more superior, you have to go down there. So they're looking for someone who is worthy of them at this stage and they're in the parental role. So you may get the discard or you have to escape because they're so disrespectful of you and they're putting you down so much that they've decided that you no longer serve their needs and they will look for somebody else. They may go off with themselves and they may come back for the Hoover. If they've discarded you and they're coming back for the Hoover, they'll come back in the parental role. They'll come back saying, have you have you learned your lesson now? Have you changed? Have you copped on? Have you changed enough so that I, I will come back to you? Or if you're the one that's left them, they'll come back in the child role, uh, the victim role and, and looking for you to take them back and say they've changed. Whatever dynamic they left you in, it'll be either the child or the parent. Or if you left them, it'll be the child. You will not ever be able to get that equality that you perceived you had when they were love bombing you. It will always or would always be a child parent dynamic. You serving them as the the servile parent, the adoring parent, or you being the child and being told off by the scolding parent. They also mix this up during this whole confusing dynamic. They mix this up with being really, really nice to you at different times and seeming like the best person in the world, the most giving, wonderful, loving person in the world to going within hours or days into the most horrendous, diabolical, disrespectful person in the world. So you've got these two dynamics going on all the time. It's never equal. It's always confusing. So you can never, ever get back to the fantasy stage of the beginning of the relationship when you had a perception that the relationship was equal because this perception was created in you by the narcissist. And at that time, in a way, they kind of believed in the fantasy, but they didn't kind of go with your hobbies and your interests and things and 
you know, it, it wasn't genuinely their interests and things. They subconsciously know that in order to get you to be attached to them, they need to reflect back to you who you want them to be. They're, they're basically, you can call it courting you, you can call it pursuing you. It's a game to them to actually get you hooked so they can run you through all these different cycles. And the cycles are confusing because you are never equal with the narcissist. Nobody is their equal. They can give the impression that you're their equal for a short space of time, but that's never, ever the case, ever the case. So guys, if you ever unfortunately have hope of, you know, maybe say coming back with a narcissist, having both learned your lessons, to, so to speak, you may have learned lessons about yourself and about what you've been through. And you may be prepared or have decided that you'd like to, you know, I'm sure a lot of you haven't, but I'm just saying people that are in the early stages of of the breakup with a narcissist, you may have hoped that you could both work it out. The narcissist hasn't gone away to change. They've gone away to attach to somebody else to get their needs met. And at some stage, that person will be given the parental scolding and the narcissist will come back to you to see if you're going to be a good child now and behave yourself. So guys, I hope that kind of gives a bit of insight into the sad reality that a relationship with a narcissist is never going to be an equal, fulfilling relationship for anybody. This is not just you. Don't take it personally. This is a dynamic that goes on with everybody in their world. At some stage, they won't always show it to everybody, like to friends, um, to family members, but they will always, in my opinion, show it to their intimate partner. I've seen this coming over and over and over again, repeating in the research I've done and in personal experience. Guys, have a wonderful day and I will see you again soon with another video. Take care of yourselves in the meantime and soon I'll be out doing walkie talkies with Remy. I just can't go out at the moment in relation to a physical problem that is resolving itself. But I will be out again soon and we will be exploring the hills and the beaches of Ireland again. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Bye. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 